Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Well, before we do get started, I do want to... Let you know, today's show is brought to you by the support of our listeners, and I especially want to thank Kathy for her support. We'll send access to the premium site, as we do with all donations of $7 or more, and you can support the show at support.greatdetectives.net. Also, at greatdetectives.net this weekend, I begin a three-part series in which I take count down the top 12 Sherlock Holmes stories. Uh, so go ahead and check that out, greatdetectives.net. You can also subscribe to my articles. Uh, if you have a Kindle, have them automatically sent to your Kindle. Just purchase them at the Kindle store. You can dry that out free for two weeks. Uh, just search for Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. Well, now we will bring you two episodes of Police Headquarters, uh, Old Cop and the Stolen Brain. Police Headquarters calling all cars. Attention all cars. Be on the lookout for a gray sedan, license number unknown, make unknown, believed to be a seven-passenger car, wanted in connection with the robbery of the Third National Bank. That's all. Well, what's going on in here, Mike? It's about time you were waking up, Pop. A mob in the great sedan just cleaned out the place. Yeah, I heard all the fuzz the ways down the street. There's some hot footing up here as fast as it could. Anything I can do? Oh, the lieutenant's handling it. Good thing they're retiring you next month, Pop. You're getting so slow you can't even give out a parking ticket. <laughs> Don't kid yourself, son. There's plenty of life left in these dogs, even if they do bark at times. When did this happen? Well, just a few minutes ago. They made their getaway in a big car. It all happened so quick nobody seemed to have a good idea of what happened. Gang, eh? How many of them? All the reports differ. Some say 10, some say 12. It's more like an army. These gangsters are getting a lot of crust nowadays. Crust? They're getting a lot of dough, if you ask me. They won't do them no good. These ways it wouldn't back in the old days. We didn't put up with things like this when I was your age. Old Captain Brandon. Oh, oh, I've heard that story before. Uh, So many times I know it by heart. We're living in a changing age, Pop. High-powered cars and machine guns changed all your methods. That's the reason they're shelving you. They need young blood and young brains. Mike, I always said you had more brains than your feet than you did in your head. <laughs> I used to tell you a pop when you were... Uh... Yeah, I know, but I'm on the force and they're retiring you. Well, it's only because I want to go. Uh, who's on the job? Lieutenant Myers. Another young punk, eh? Oh, according to you. Where is he? In the office of the president over there. Yeah, guess I'll mosey in and give things once over. Okay, but if he throws you out, don't blame me. Don't worry, son. <laughs> Notice how Pop burned up when I did him about his retirement? Yeah. After spending all his life on the force, Pop would rather die than retire. Look at him go, barging into that door like he owned the place. <laughs> The line was delivered to the bank safely, Mr. Forbes? Yes. You see, it was a hurry-up shipment from the Federal Reserve to meet these factory payrolls. I see. And... Oh, hello, Pop. Uh, Mr. Forbes, this is Mr. Adams. Pop Adams. Well, how do you do? Good afternoon, Mr. Forbes. Uh, sit down, Pop. I'm right in the middle of this thing. Yeah, we're out ahead, sir. How much are you out, Mr. Forbes? Well, they just finished up the check office. 
It's more than 190,000. Who knew the money was coming here? Well, except it. No one except myself knew that it was coming. I was the only one who knew that that money would arrive here at exactly five minutes after 12. What transaction did you make with the Federal Reserve? Well, I made the requisition for the money over my private phone about 10 o'clock this morning. 10 o'clock? And they lifted it at 12.05? That mob made fast time. Yes, yes, it is unbelievable. I can't understand how the information leaked out. Why, well, I even took the precaution of sending my own son for the money in my car. Oh, you sent your son? Well, yes. Uh, but William, uh, that's my son. Didn't have any idea of what he was going after. I led him to believe that I was sending him after some non-negotiable security. Well, it's strange that no attempt was made to take the money while it was in his possession. Yes, it is. You tell me, as nearly as you can, just what happened? Well, yes. I was just coming out of my office when I noticed what appeared to be a rather unusually large number of customers scattered about the lobby. Suddenly, one of the men cried out, This is a sticker. Don't anybody reach for the alarm. Old Taylor, that's our watchman, came running around the corner with his gun in his hand, and one of them shot him. Frank Taylor? Oh, he's a good friend of mine. How is he? We don't know yet, Pop. You say the whole transaction was made over your private phone? Yes. Was there anyone else in your office at the time? I can't remember whether Miss Hughes was in at that time or not. No, no, I'm sure she wasn't. She was out doing some shopping. It was almost the lunch hour, you know. Uh, Miss Hughes is your... My secretary, yeah. I see. Well, it's clearly an inside job. Someone inside this bank knew about the money transfer. Knew all about it. What's more, they had a gang standing by in readiness for a break like this. But it is unthinkable. You've been robbed. That's evidence enough for you. But I, I was the only one to know about the money. Well, it's evident that someone else knew about it. That is, unless you had the money stolen yourself. This is hardly time for Justin. Uh, was your son in the bank when the raid took place? I don't know. Was Miss Hughes? Well, I, I think so. Yes, yes, I, I'm sure of it. Yes, Miss Hughes was here. I remember distinctly one of the thugs forcing his way into my private office with a gun in his hand. Miss Hughes had just returned from lunch. I thought you said it was a shopping tour. Oh, it was. I, I presume she had lunch at the same time. Yeah. Did Miss Hughes see the bandit? Yes, it was quite a scene. As he entered the office, Miss Hughes hit him. Hit him? Yes, with an inkwell. Uh, a brave young lady, wasn't it? Could I see her? Yes, there's no reason for that, Pop. Time is valuable right now. Uh, where is your son, Mr. Boyd? Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. The girl may know something. She won't know any more than the rest of these people. Seems like everyone was standing around here like a wax image, and the place is thick with alarm. Besides, I'm busy. Well, then you won't mind if I talk to her, huh? No. Okay. Oh. Uh, uh, you, Miss Hughes? Yes. I see you're going out. Yes. This affair has been more than I can stand. Richard Forbes has given me the rest of the day off. I see. Uh, my name is Adams. Up Adams, the boys at the station house. <laughs> Mr. Forbes tells me that one of the bandits forced his way into this office. That's right. Well, why did he come in here? There, there wasn't any money in here, was there? Mm, no. Well, Forbes tells me that you were a very brave girl. Says you threw an inkwell at the man. Yes. Well, what prompted that action? Well, must I tell? Not if you don't care to. Well, I, I don't mind telling you, but I don't want it in the newspapers. Very well. Why did you hit him? Because, because he kissed me. <laughs> well, I can't say that I blame him. Um, where did you hit him? I, I don't know. On his chest, I think. Yeah, then he must have gotten ink on his shirt, eh? Well, I, I didn't notice. Well, it'll serve as identification if we can get him. Mr. Forbes says that uh, you'd been out shopping. Where were you? In Blotel. Oh, 
Did you always do your shopping in a man's store? No, I, I was buying something, something for my brother. That you, brother? What'd you buy him? Really, Mr. Adams, I can't see the sense in all of this. I'm tired. I've had more than I can stand. I'm going home. Well, I'm sure we have no objection to that, but uh, I would like to know what you bought for your brother. Well, if you must know, I bought him a shirt. A shirt? Wait, well, that's funny. You know, if I wasn't a sensible cop, I'd figure that maybe you had this thing all arranged. That your brother led this gang and... Uh, you bought him a shirt to take place of the one you were going to smear up with that inkwell. Well, you can think what you please. Only, would it make any difference if I told you that my brother is working in a lumber camp about 2,000 miles from here? Well, I guess even a dumb cop like me would have to admit that it would. Uh, just one more question. Uh, did you get a good look at the man? Yes, and I've already given the other officer a full description. Now I'm going home. Any objections? Not at all. Very well. Good afternoon, Mr. Yeah. Good afternoon, Miss Hughes. Hello, hello. Oh, operator, this is important. Call Lieutenant Myers and tell him that Pop Adams is following Miss Hughes home to see that she isn't harmed. You got it? Good. Job, Lieutenant? No, nothing new, Mike. What have you heard from Pop Adams? Well, that old card is crazy in the coast. He's been sticking around outside the shoes, dames are popping at six and snatches at three o'clock. Says he's afraid the gang will try to silence him. <laughs> well, let him have his little fun. He's been retired next month. Phone calls 21, 22, and 23. Cars were 21, 22, and 23. At the corner of six and Spencer, a gun battle. Did you hear that? Calling Lieutenant Myers to pick up his call. That's all. Step on it, Mike. That's where Pop Adams is, and he's in trouble. We'll sign him around here, Lieutenant. Uh, let's ask one of these people. Right. Uh, hey, you. Yes, sir? Do you have a cop around here? No, sir. Anybody else see him? Uh, no, sir. We, we all heard the shots and the, and the woman scream, but uh, we were too late to see what happened. And my wife says the car went down that way. Come on, Mike. That poor old man. He, he shouldn't have... Look. Where? Over there. Blood. But here's a cap, too. It's Pop's cap. Looks like they plugged him and took him for a ride. Well, there's something else on the road further down there. It's a coat sleeve. And there's the rest of his coat on ahead. Come on, Lieutenant. Pop's trying to leave us a trail. We've got to find it and follow it. Well, what'd you find this time? His handcuff. I felt sure that we'd lost the trail back without lampposts. Going down this alley, Lieutenant. Just up above the head. It looks like a shoe. It is a shoe. Come on. Right, take it easy. We find out where we are. Look. Oh, there's the other shoe right outside this, this door. Get your gun. I'm going through it. For the love of Pete. Oh, uh, 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 never get here. Cover those guys, Mike. I got them. Now. 
Well, then why do you mop this and I'll kill you? The whole pocket is. I left my gun trained on these rats for about an hour. Too weak to walk them to a phone. They, they, uh... Let me mind that wound for you, Bob. It's it's all right. It's not bleeding now. They took two slugs through my right shoulder when they came out with the girl. The girl? Miss Hughes? Yeah. I trailed them here the best I could, leaving things for you to follow. When I got in here, I slipped in on them. I thought you'd never get here. Did they hurt Miss Hughes? Hurt her? What do you mean? I almost had to knock her for a row of lampposts. That's what you mean. <laughs> Got her locked in a room below. Her sweetie runs this mob. Police headquarters. Just a second, please. Secretary Inspector Kinney. This is Professor Temple at Bloomfield University. Yes? Would you come out here immediately to confer with Professor Richards and myself on a matter of the greatest importance? Certainly. Uh, what seems to be wrong? Well, it's a matter that I would rather not discuss over the telephone. Very well, then. I'll be there in 15 minutes. Thank you, Inspector. Yes, Inspector. I'm leaving for Bloomfield University on an investigation. Uh, have Adam take over the desk. Very good, sir. Come in. I'm uh, Inspector Kinney from police headquarters. Oh, come right in, Inspector. Uh, uh, call Professor Richards, Miss Jones. Let me take your hat, Inspector. Thank you. Professor Richards is expecting you. Uh, she'll be right in. Oh, Professor Richards is a woman? Yes. Uh, you followed her work? Only now and then in the magazine. Uh, then perhaps you don't know that she's considered one of the greatest brain specialists alive. Oh, indeed. Yes, uh, she was recently awarded the... Oh, there you are. Professor Richards, Inspector Kitty. How do you do, Inspector? How do you do? Professor Temple has told you... I have told him nothing, Martha. I thought it would be best to wait until you arrived, then we could cover the story together. Very well. Let us be seated. Okay. Uh, you mean Professor Mark? The mathematician? Yes. He died the day before yesterday. So I read in the papers. It wasn't news to the scientific world, Inspector. Professor Mark has been expecting death for the past six months. He had a very serious form of heart disease. The greatest heart specialist in the world had given him up for death. Hmm. The death of Professor Mark will be a sad blow to science. Uh, however, he may be of greater value dead than alive. Uh, just uh, how did you mean that? Aren't you getting ahead of the story, Martha? Uh, perhaps I am. Uh, what I had Professor Temple call for today, Inspector, is to help us with a very delicate situation. Well, if you'd uh, tell me what you... I shall do that. The situation is precisely this. Professor Mark died at four o'clock the day before yesterday afternoon. Yes. At five, his body was transported to the Williams and Randall Mortuary and embalmed that night. The attendant reported leaving the mortuary at midnight. At seven o'clock the next morning, the body was gone. Gone? Yes. It was first thought that perhaps it had been removed with a coroner's office. But later, investigation showed that it had not. Why on earth? Should anyone want to steal a body? Yes. Here. This note which I received this morning will answer that question. Read it. 
be prepared to pay our agent the sum of $25,000, and the body of Professor Mark will be returned to you within 24 hours. And Trefan. I know it sounds rather incredulous, Inspector. We're prepared to pay the demand if necessary. But uh, what would you want with Professor Marshall's body? Uh, this paper, dated six months ago, will answer that question. It's rather lengthy. I'll read only the part which will interest you. Fair enough. And so, in consideration for the above-mentioned terms and stipulations, upon my death, I agree that my attorney shall deliver to Professor Martha Richards and her associate, Professor Alvin Temple, the brain from my dead body, said brain to be used in scientific research for the advancement of mankind. Signed, Professor Adolf Mark. There's the document. Duly signed and sealed. Hmm. And the price? The price for Professor Mark's brain was $50,000 to be paid by us to his niece. I see. You undoubtedly held Professor Mark's brain to be of high value. Yes. May I ask what you intended doing with it? Professor Mark was one of the most brilliant men of the age. His mind was regarded as the most highly developed of any man in the human race. It is only natural that we, that is, Professor Temple and myself should be interested in securing the brain for examination. Mm, I see. So, the matter was arranged before the proper authority, and all we had to do was wait for Professor Mark's death, which was inevitable. As an added precaution, Professor Temple suggested that we insure the brain against damage. Insure it? Yes. You see, Professor Mark traveled a great deal, in spite of his hot mm. We were afraid that he might die in a collision or in some accidental manner, which would damage a delicate brain cell. I see. We accordingly insured the brain with the Acme Company for $100,000. Well, uh, why such a large amount, Professor Richards? So that we might cover the original 50000 we had agreed to pay and 50000 for the damage to our plan. Oh, do you uh, have any idea who this person who signs his name Trefine is? Not the slightest. Uh, do you, Professor Temple? No. How many persons besides yourself uh, knew what you were intending to do? Very few. We were successful in keeping the details of the transaction out of the newspaper. As it was, one reporter discovered the story, and we had some difficulty in persuading him not to print it. Now, that's an interesting point. Who is the reporter? He's Bird Adams, the columnist. Mm. How much did he know? Unfortunately, he knew everything. He was given a duplicate of the agreement that you see in front of you with the stenographer and Professor Mark's study. And, uh, how did you succeed in suppressing the news? Well, uh, Professor Temple gave the reporter a, uh, a gift. A bribe. How much? It cost us $500. Got off cheaply at that, if I know Bird Adams. Uh, when did this note arrive, did you say? This morning. And you've uh, told no one of it except uh, myself? No one. All right, Professor Richards, I'll do what I can. Don't make the news of this public until I've had a few hours to work on the case. Uh, what procedure do you contemplate, Inspector? No, no, I want to see the attendant at the mortuary, then I'll have a talk with this keyhole artist, Bird Adams. I'll stop by later this evening. <laughs> Tell me, what's new? Not so fast, Adam. Oh, you mean he didn't come here with news? 
And only 30 minutes to headlines? Oh, come on, Inspector. Be a right guy. Give me some news. You know, keyhole dirt, not off the press. I don't go in for your kind of news, Adams. Where can we talk a few minutes? Right here. I mean in private. Oh, well, step right in here. I mean, the old man's out. Uh-huh. Uh, what's on your mind, Kenny? I've got the news for you, but it's going to cost you. Sure, it's good stuff. Nobody ever called Bert Adams a cheapskate. I pay for my dirt. Buy it for the ton. Yeah, I know. That's the dope. Professor Marks is dead. Old stuff. I scooped the town on it the day before yesterday. Last night, his body was stolen from a mortuary downtown. What? For the love of Mike, this is hot news. Wait, till I rush off a lead on it. No, not so fast. The news will keep. There's not another paper in the country within a mile of it. So much the better. You don't print the news until you hear my price. Hmm. Uh, what is your price, Kinney? I want to know what you had to do with the removal of the body. Oh, so you've been talking with Professor Richards, eh? You guessed it. Well, your answer? Nothing. I didn't know nothing about it until you told me right now. But uh, you were the only one who knew of the deal Professor Richards and Professor Temple made for the brain. I know it, but I didn't have anything to do with the disappearance. Where'd I keep a dead body? What did I do with it? Knowing how badly the professors wanted it, you'd try to blackmail them for $25,000. Hooey, they wouldn't pay it. Yes, they would, and if I don't recover it, they'll do just that. No kidding? That's good. It to you straight, kid. They even went as far as insuring it for a hundred thousand bucks. Well, then here's the straight dope, Inspector. I don't know anything about it, not a thing. So if you have any other leads, don't waste any time on me. The only thing I'm asking you is to let me run the story. You forget the five hundred bucks Professor Temple gave you to kill the story of the deal. Well, I didn't run it, did I? I won't say anything about it now if you'll only just let me. Say, Inspector. Hmm. Don't you have to keep a body on ice or something? What are you getting at, Adams? Just this. You let me run that story, and here's what I do for you. I'll take the whole thing and lay it out. Oh, uh, good evening, Inspector. Come here. Thank you. Professor Temple here? Yes. He's downstairs in the laboratory. Would you uh, ask him up, please? Certainly. This bell is connected downstairs. Fine. You certainly have a nice home here. And sorry I was too late to catch you at the university. That's quite all right. Do you do much experimenting here? Very little. You see, we're not well enough equipped. Mm. I was wondering. Uh, you wanted to see me, Martha? Oh. Inspector Kinney's with you. Any news? A little. I went to the mortuary. I, I saw an old fellow who was supposed to be an all-night attendant. He uh, told me a rather odd story. Indeed? Yes, he uh, said that after the morgue attendant uh, left around midnight, that he was patrolling one of the corridors when the lights went out for a minute. He said that while he was wandering around looking for the fuse, he uh, felt a pinprick in his arm. And then a few minutes later, the lights went on. How long were they off? Only a few minutes. Later, he got very sleepy and dozed off that uh, Pinprick, he felt, was undoubtedly a shot in the arm of some drug, and the body was stolen during the time he was asleep. But who could have done a thing like that? Someone with a knowledge of drugs. What's that noise? Sounds like someone in the basement. Quick, Martha, you go down uh, Don't either one of you move until that door opens. Say, uh, what are you... I said don't move until that door opens. Well, respect, we had it doped out right. The old guy's down there. Hey, look out. Hey, hey wait, oh. There. Try to run past me, will you? Good boy, Adams. I'm sorry, Professor Richards. You're under arrest for fraud. Just what do you mean? Ah, oh, don't you act so innocent. But Inspector Kenny got you to call Temple out of the basement. I slipped down and I find a nice big refrigerator down there with the body of Professor Marks in it. You can't do a thing to us. Oh, that's where you're mistaken. You uh, thought you could fool everybody with that note. You thought you could make us believe that somebody was holding Professor Marks' body for ransom. 
That was a little bit too far-fetched. Right you are, Inspector. Besides, I got to looking around. I found out that you couldn't possibly have paid $50,000 for the brain as called for in your agreement. You don't have the money. What's more, the university is up to its neck in debt and the bank is threatening to foreclose. You thought you could beat the insurance company out of $100,000 and have the brain besides. You and Professor Temple stole that body and you know it. Welcome back. Um, you, you definitely see some of the uh, less pleasant parts of uh, previous times in the uh, first episode uh, with the police with uh, the police officer's comment to the uh, woman witnesses uh, account of being uh, kissed by the robber. Um, also, the other thing with this episode is the voice of the policeman. It's something I used to get a lot of comments on the Dragnet show, um, where actors would sound really old playing older people. And th- there was case cases for it on Dragnet where they were playing, you know, retirees and things like that. In this case, though, um, it seems a bit odd since this person is uh, a policeman, and seemingly, uh, even though they're nearing retirement and a bit older, um, it sounded a little uh, feeble to be believable on that. I like the second one, uh, the stolen brain. That was an interesting case with a uh, a good uh, premise and. Uh, uh, a nice solution. Again, you have one of those stories where the vital uh, solving clue comes from somebody other than the police, but uh, it definitely uh, made sense, and uh, uh, it was a bold, uh, certainly a bold uh, plan because they they called the police in on themselves, in effect. Uh, but that was necessary to make it look genuine and uh, above suspicion. And so overall, this was, uh, that was a pretty good episode. Uh, next week will be our final, uh, episodes of Police Headquarters. And then coming in two weeks, we'll be getting in, uh, to Dragnet. So, uh, lots of excitement ahead. Uh, now quickly, some listener comments and feedback, uh, from our listeners in Canada. Uh, and, uh, App review from Gary says, I love this app. I listen to it every morning on the bus ride to work. If you love old-time radio detectives, you must have this app. And uh, from uh, Frustration6281 uh, says, if you enjoy old-time radio detectives, this is for you. Well, I appreciate your comments and review. And uh, that will actually do it for today. We will be back on Monday with uh, Pursuit, and join us back here next Saturday for our last visit with police headquarters. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter, Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.